Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Firefighters Podcast, where we seek to develop, inspire, and motivate the world of the emergency services operator through a series of wide-ranging conversations. Now, before we go any further, just hit that rate, follow, or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. It's a key performance indicator for us and helps us reach even more people. Now, here's what we've got for you today. Uh, Danny Cotton, um, retired from London Fire Brigade, and absolutely delighted to be here at the Women in the Fire Service Training and Development Weekend. Where are we when we say we're, we're here at the Fire Service Women in Development Weekend? Because uh, we haven't been where we are in quite some time, have we really? No, and it's fabulous to be back, Pete. We're at Morton in the Marsh, um, which is right slap bang in the middle of the country. Hmm. Um, and it's the Fire Service College which people come to from all over the UK and actually all over the world for training and development opportunities. But how long have you been in the Fire Service now, Danny? Uh, I did 32 years until I retired. 32 years. So when you first came to the college, was it sort of the global <laughs> was it sort of the global place of British fire service history that it is now? Good grief. Uh, um, suffice to say, I'm very happy to say it's changed massively. When we first came here, the accommodation blocks were just not suitable for women. Mm. Um, you had to share all your changing facilities and your showering facilities. And, and one of the strange things was you used to walk into where the food served and as a woman uh, in uniform, people would just stop and stare at you because there were so few of us. Um, and genuinely, when I first became a station officer, I walked into the Four Shires mess bar and the whole thing went silent. <laughs> and everyone just looked at me. And it was the weirdest thing. It's changed massively. It's a really great training environment now. And the reason we like coming here, and um, women in the fire service have been coming here since 1996, is that all the facilities are on site. Yeah. So our delegates turn up for the weekend, turn up Friday lunchtime, park the car, and you're here all weekend. Mm. There's operational training. There's you know practical sessions. And the, one of the really exciting things is we give women the opportunity to try things out that they might not get a chance elsewhere. For instance, um, you know, a woman who works maybe in control or who works in fire safety can actually have a go at being a firefighter or driving a fire engine. And it just gives people a bit of comfort, sort of confidence and courage to do something different. I love the aspect you speak of there. It's almost like immersion, isn't it? I think of this a little bit like, have you ever been to Centre Parks? Yeah. Yeah, I think of this a little bit like Centre Parks for yeah. the emergency services because people could say, oh, well, no, you can book a hotel anywhere and then you could go and do that activity and that activity. And it's all the same. And I'm like, yeah, not really, though, because you're kind of immersed in it here. I mean, even just we're sat outside one of the, uh, one of the food halls here and we've seen five or six people just pass by us that we know and it's that nod of the head and you become so immersed in it that it's not just going to a venue and doing a thing. You really do, like you say, get that opportunity to tie so many strings to different services as well because you meet so many new people, just sit down next to them, pass them in a hallway. Yeah, and one of the things I think is great about here is that everyone chats to everyone. There are no barriers to people just going up and talking to someone. Mm. And there are also women here who might feel quite isolated in their service. You know, they might be relatively new um, or they might be thinking about, for instance, going for promotion. But they're really frightened because they're on a watch full of guys. They don't want to sort of highlight themselves. Whereas here they can get an opportunity all day tomorrow to be an instant commander Mm. in a safe, supportive environment where if things don't go quite as well, then they don't feel that anyone's taking it back to their service um, and they learn from each other and the amount of women who come here and then say afterwards you know it genuinely saved my career or it helped me go for promotion or it helped me transition from being you know uh, on one of the support services into being an operational firefighter it's Mm. just a a phenomenal all-round experience it is an experience as opposed to just a weekend I remember speaking to one of our ladies that worked in control as well and I think she described it as like a silo within a silo and what I mean by that is you've said there about the great ability to come and make connections with people in different services that work in different areas, like a control staff, seeing and experiencing what it's like for a female firefighter. 
in service, you're not necessarily going to have those opportunities because it's almost like you've got to go up, across, and then down. Whereas coming to something like this allows you to almost shortcut the whole process and get a real one-to-one intimate experience with what it's like to be a control member or somebody who works in learning development or somebody who works in admin. And you then create like a web across the entire UK Fire and Rescue Service with people yeah. in similar scenarios. You don't feel so siloed within a silo. No, and the other thing is that people generally get an appreciation of what everyone's job is and what role everyone plays within the fire service mm. and how much connection we all have. And it also means that when people, you know, they might be struggling or they might have a difficult situation and they know someone they can then reach out to, you know, and it may well be they've met an HR manager from another fire and rescue service and they think to themselves, I'd just like to check in. And they know they can have a safe conversation with somebody, share some experiences, you know, or for instance, I got contacted a couple of days ago by somebody... Um, via one of the women here who's going to be here this weekend saying um, I'm really thinking about going for promotion I don't think I'm ready it's a big jump for me and I just want to know how you ever thought you were ready um, so I've said to her I'll absolutely catch up and have a chat with her because you're never ready but, you know, <laughs> I was about to say that but she's safe to be able to and it was through the connections here that she was able to reach out to me yeah I think one of the things you said before is that aspect you've got to see it you know to be it so if you can really see somebody has leapt what seems to you like a chasm from yeah. now and from the other side they go oh no honestly it's just a run and a jump not yeah. to diminish it but yeah. it's like you can do it yeah. I was just as scared as you standing on the other side Massive. And one of the great things, uh, tonight we've got an opportunity, and obviously we're sitting here now, you'll meet uh, Alex and Kathy with me, but we've got an opportunity, we're doing a thing called Meet the Chiefs tonight, and we've got okay. six chief women, women chief officers, so three wow. of us retired. Like the Avengers. Oh yeah, we are. <laughs> we're quite mad and all scary. You know, and there's six of us, three serving, three retired, and an opportunity for the women and the men who are here to ask us anything they want, you know, just to get a chat and to have a feel for it. Um, you know, it would be such a great opportunity to have so many of us in one room. And, Absolutely. you know, for people who are young in service to look and think, wow, I can aspire to do that because these women have. And fundamentally, we're all quite normal. Oh, and <laughs> as if I speak, there's another woman chief approaching from behind. It's Goodness amazing. It's gracious. Every corner I turn, they <laughs> seem to be emerging. Yeah. Um, final piece, because I know I want to get into the other girls, but yeah. you've done all USAR backgrounds. You've done so many other things. One thing you're looking forward to over the weekend that might be a bit of a surprise for people that haven't come before. So I think yeah, definitely the women chiefs this evening. That's going to be something we've never done before, to have six women chief officers in the room together. I mean, that yeah. will be just such an inspiring thing for young women and tomorrow for women to meet the Antarctic Fire Angels such incredible I, I really hope we get an opportunity to have a phone call with them when they're there because I've said yeah. a few times when they really hit that, that final piece yeah. if they can get comms up yeah. on the base and I forget what the name of the base is in the middle yeah. of nowhere obviously in the Antarctic yeah. that's going to be such an incredible thing they're really going um, same as the Ice Maidens did before yeah. they're really trailblazing as well yeah phenomenal and for, uh, for people to see them tomorrow night and have a chat with them would just be Crazy. amazing Beautiful. Thank you, Danny. Catherine Billing, uh, Chief Officer, Cornwall Fire and Rescue Service. Catherine, thank you for coming. How was your drive up? Oh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. How far did you have to come? I know you came from Cornwall, but it's um, yeah, it's about two. I think it's about two hundred and fifty miles. So yeah, uh, yeah it's um, no, it's a good trip. Good trip. When's the last time you came to the college? Because obviously we've been through some crazy Covidian madness over the last couple of years. It's a real great centre, as Danny said before, a real learning hub for people's professional development. What's the last time you came for it? So the last time I came was uh, to bring our new newest recruits at the time back in um, back in twenty nineteen. Wow. Um, here because we just wanted to finish off their uh, their kind of recruit training mm -hmm. uh well 
at the uh, College of Fire, as uh, it may be called in the future. When did you first uh, join the fire service? Because recruitment, you know, we we'll ask about that, has changed so much in even this last 10 years. When did you first join? Well, my, I did my recruitment in 1999 and joined um, in January 2000. And yeah. um, funny enough, 20 years ago now. yeah, we were talking about it on the in the on the car on the way up, and. Uh, um, we were joking because um, I, I, I am quite a short person, um, or <laughs> yeah. not, not, as, not as tall as Alex and, uh, and Danny. And um, I like to say that I'm five foot six because just as I joined the fire service, um, you had to be five foot six. Really? But I do believe there might have been a slight bit of creativity with, um, <laughs> with uh, yeah, and we were literally Chocking one of the, the yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think they were kind of just so shocked that I'd passed the strength test that they yeah. were just happy to... You know, I think they I do say dynamite comes in small packages, though, right? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> kind of small but mighty. I think it's fair to say. So, when we're looking at recruitment, I was speaking to um, somebody from the nursing sector the other day, and they were saying about um, how they're trying to to drive diversity and all this sort of stuff. And over like thirty years, they'd had barely a percentage increase in how many men they were able to get into the sector. When you look at that in comparison to how much success we've had in terms of the increase in women in the, in the last decade, let alone stretching that. What do you think is the secret to the fire service becoming stronger in that? Because I've no doubt they're just as passionate in, in the nursing sector, but how have we, how have you collectively managed to sort of do that, do you think? I think it's really interesting because there are lots of conversations about that kind of, you know, the nature and the nurture. And, um, it, you know, it is the fire service a, a service for, for everyone? Mm. Um, and, you know, exactly as you said about, uh, the comparison to the nursing sector because they've put billions, you know, Absolutely, billions, yeah. millions into diversity training and, and you know, sort of trying to have that more open recruitment, but yeah. they've not managed to have the same success. No, they haven't. But I think um, what what we're striving for is that is that kind of a, a equality. You know, mm. are we? Can we actually hand on heart say that we are a really welcoming sector? That mm. we are, we do do the best we can to make sure that we are inclusive in our recruitment. That when people do join, that they have the best experience. They feel like that they can come to work and be the best version of themselves. Mm. And I think, do you know what? If we can put our hands on our hearts and say we've got a fair system, um, and people really feel that they can join us and want to join us because we are an employer of choice, then I think we need to look at the numbers then. Mm -hmm. Do I think we will ever get a 50-50 split? Probably not, no. no. But I think where we are at the moment, you know, kind of ram probably knocking on... I think it's a harder metric to do, but from my experience, I mean, one of the young ladies that I was speaking to, Beck, she just passed by us as we were sat here, the amount of support that a lot of women coming into the sector now are getting, I feel like they're having a much smoother and successful um, start in, in that profession. Uh, but I almost think it's because they start from a little bit further back. Have you ever seen that YouTube clip around people start in life and, you know, we don't all get the same start from terms of a socioeconomic and cultural perspective. I feel like women in the fire service now are really getting a great support structure from you know sectors such as this that when they do come into the sector they're better prepared mentally physically and they seem to be more successful in training school in comparison to their male counterparts rather than the drifters of old there seems to be a lot more focused they're not there's not surprises that would have put people off and maybe knocked them off would i be right in saying that or am i fishing a little bit and i think a lot of that is so if, if i if i think back to cornwall um, you know, if you played rugby, yeah. um, you know, if you were a boy and you or a man and you played rugby for like the local team, yeah. it would literally be the conversation. Why didn't you come down, you know, try out, um, we'll run you through some interview questions and yeah. we'll see if we can get you in next month. And, yeah. and I say that very flippantly. Mm -hmm. But if you then apply that kind of um, access to women, you know, where women are more accessible. So, you know, I'm looking at 
Danny and Alex now and you know I know that I have conversations with people I know that our um, you know my my male firefighters are now having conversations with a lot more women about you could join you can join you know mm. come to the fire station mm. why not have a go we'll run through some of the um, you know the, the the kind of the equipment and some of the recruit tests with you so it is that it's that approachability and accessibility mm. um, and support do you think it's an easy way to identify people as other? Because you gave a great sporting analogy there in rugby in that it builds great character, it builds teamwork, it builds leadership, it builds you know, building rapport and great communication. I feel like historically it's harder to identify women in the same way because equally sport has not had the same uptake. I mean, it would be harder to find a women rugby player back then. Yeah. So I feel like things like rugby and the military have always been great feeders and sport in general for the fire service. And now we're seeing an increase in women engaging in those sectors as well in military and rugby. We've had um, women's rugby on the podcast a few times as well. Is that also an indicator that it is now becoming easier for people to be identified, for, for women to join the service? I think um, a lot of things are becoming easier for women. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, society now expects things to be, uh, for, for there to be an equality of opportunity for mm. everyone. Um, and I think, well, I'm hoping that we will find over the, the course of the next decade that women will look at the fire service and, you know, rather than think, oh, that's not a job for me, um, I'm hoping it, it won't even be a thought, you know, in their mind at all. It will yeah. almost be a, why not? Mm. Uh, let's give it a go. I think there's an aspect as well to this thing of, you know, um, strong, powerful independence. Um, some incredibly strong, powerful. We've <laughs> got some really uh, strong women in the sector demonstrating that you can do a job that's a little bit nitty gritty. You face challenges morally and physically, um, but that can strengthen you as well. And we're not men and women. We're not all as fragile as we thought we once were. I think it's lots of things. I mean, if I think back, um, I can remember the uh, the hundred meter line bag that was um yeah probably not probably a little bit more than 17 and a half kilos more like 117 yeah. but you know but things have changed it's three it? stone it's that's, you know he's picking up a baby there yeah, trying to trying to haul them all um, off or whatever aren't you it it's a heavy thing big thing um and you um pick, you know pick up your partner as well and carry them that, the carry downs i mean yeah, yeah i mean crikey because how many times in your service do i think i could carry me 18 <laughs> and a half stone down a ladder <laughs> i would be scared <laughs> and so i think you know again kit equipment the way we work uh, yeah. fundamentally change and um, realistic expectations as well because yeah. like you say th those carry ones weren't reflected no, in the job, I don't no think. absolutely not and I also think um, the role of a firefighter is it's the same but there are fundamentals that are different and well, also the needs of the community have slightly changed as well so when yeah. people go well the job's not what it was well the community's not what no, it was as no. well so as that becomes more diverse we must diversify and things like empathy that yeah. stereotypically and not always the case but stereotypically women and that have a great deal of empathy and they're better at building quick relationships that's a much better superpower to have in a team as well definitely yeah what's one of the best things you're looking forward for the weekend I'm looking forward to the Chiefs panel tonight. I mean, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's number one, it's great to be back in a room with, you know. You can't both say that just because you're both Chiefs, you know. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how interesting we are. Yeah. No, I don't. No, um, I am looking forward to, I'm doing the multi, um, multi-incident multi fire ground scenarios are tomorrow. You? Yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, number one, learning lots. Um, mm. And number two, just, um, it's fantastic to see a lot of people initially in that, that first kind of scenario, quite nervous, yeah. uh, getting to know each other, getting to understand the it's a safe place yeah so i'm really looking forward to make creating well supporting everybody to create that safe space and i look forward to seeing that moment where everybody learning. breathes out and realizes they can ask those questions i mean even as a guy you, everybody fears asking the stupid question but i can't imagine 
if people, if you feel like people doubt you already, that additional weight that must be felt in asking the question that even the guys and girls and everybody around you must be thinking. But as a woman, perhaps you even feel like, oh, if I say this, it's going to reaffirm the belief that I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. Just because yeah. I'm asking a question that probably everyone here is thinking. No, you're absolutely right. And mm. tomorrow is not just about those uh, few scenarios will run. It's then about building the confidence and allowing people then to go back. And networks will be created tomorrow as well. So yeah. there'll be relationships that, again, you know, th- that they can go back and uh, hopefully keep in contact uh, and, again, keep that learning going. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode is supported by our good friends over at Duty Crew Coffee. Now, as you're probably aware, coffee is the most popular drink worldwide with over 2.25 billion cups of coffee consumed every single day and over 70 million of those in the UK alone. Most of this is consumed in our crew rooms, our watch offices and by our emergency services frontline staff. So when you get in together around the mess table, don't be drinking no nasty ass cheap coffee. Nobody likes that guy that brings the cheap stuff. Life is too short to be drinking crap coffee. So if you head on over to dutycrew.co.uk or click the link in the podcast below you'll be able to jump on over and see the duty crew coffee products they come in 227 gram oversized high quality recyclable standard pouches and they are individually wrapped 10 gram coffee bags they're quick mess free convenient they have a one-way degassing valve which is an absolute must for storage of freshly roasted coffee you can get the 20 pack response bag they've got the hq they've got the no duff they've got the unity the decaf and of course all of their products are rainforest alliance certified fair trade foundation and most importantly they taste freaking epic i started drinking duty crew about two months ago and then when i fell in love with it i got in contact with them and they came on board with the podcast so jump on over to duty crew coffee if you want some of the good stuff now back to the podcast i'm alex johnson um, i was chief of south yorkshire fine rescue service up until about five weeks ago this is not the first time you've been to to this type of event uh, i think danny said when was the first time it was around again 96, 96. Was the first one was that here or birmingham here so i've been to most of them. How do you think it's changed since then? Obviously the site's changed a lot, the profile of of women in the fire service has changed a lot, the support, the understanding of it has largely increased. I think, I mean obviously like Danny said, the facilities are, are, you know, the the accommodation is far superior to when I first came here. Mm. Um, I think what's changed with the events is that people used to see it as it was like a networking and just the girls going to talk whereas now I think they see the the power it brings and and the confidence and what people take back to their services this isn't just a networking event this Mm. is a training and development event where you know women go back from here feeling empowered feeling re-energized and that you know that's got to be good for both them and the organization I'm gonna be honest with you I selfishly was attracted to this weekend not only to continue to support this good done stuff before but I don't see as many professional development things like this because yes there's obviously the aspect of supporting women in the fire service that we're here for but there's so many aspects of here from a professional development perspective that would benefit so many people as well. Yeah I mean you know when I used to come down here many years ago I've done 54 weeks at the fire service college throughout my career Um, and you know it has some of the best facilities in the world Mm. and it's not used now as much as it was. No. What's but, been some of the favourite courses you've done down here? Um, oh, my BAI, Breathing Apprentice Instructor, was my favourite one. Then yeah. Possibly my watch command. What was it like coming down to do your BAI and, you know, how many sort of women were doing that then? Because that's quite a substantial thing to be able to stand in front of a team of people coming into the service, doing their core skills. BA is usually thought of as the scariest one. It's where we still lose firefighters. So to step into instructor role in that is always a really exciting thing, I think. So I did my BAI in 97. I was one of the first women to do the BAI here. And yeah, I definitely got a load of kudos getting that. Yeah. Like, right, <laughs> get in. She's a BAI. And, and it was. It was a huge thing for my confidence. 
Yeah. But it was one of those, if you can do that, then you yeah. must be all right. It's a firefighter, actually. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed being a BA instructor. I did two years in Derbyshire as a BAI and had a great time. I think one of the things that a lot of people get doubted for when they join the service is their ability to master the hard skills, which is the competencies, the functional skills, the core skills, the ladders, the pumps, the things that are now our comfort blanket. Once you master them, and when you get to the to the dizzying heights that all of you ladies have achieved, I feel like the the soft skills are in fact the hard skills that we then have to develop. So when we think about those soft skills, when we think about having difficult conversations, when we think about trying to motivate and inspire people, what have been some of the most beneficial courses you've been on or, or how has women in the fire service and creating relationships like with these two ladies around us that's helped you develop those soft skills? I think you can develop soft skills, but I think it's something you either naturally can do really? or can't. Okay. Um, and I think you can certainly hone them. I think the biggest thing in the fire service was I spent years trying to knock them out of myself and trying to behave like the men did and not that some men can't be you know show empathy and that um, and I think one of the biggest things the women in the fire service showed me was seeing other women that were able to be leaders but you didn't have to become as my brigade training officer said to me once an honorary male no that you know we, we are different we bring different skills we bring different qualities we bring different emotions um, but actually I think they work very well yeah. the more strategic you get because you know leadership is about people wanting to follow you management yes. is about making them do you know their job sort of thing and i think because of the natural qualities we have that's why people have quite enjoyed following us absolutely you're able to build a stronger connection i think you naturally have that that sympathy empathy gene that really draws draws people to us doesn't it and i, I think you know i, I can tell somebody off from 20 feet with just a glare <laughs> don't need to shout don't need to beat my chest yeah um and and that's about people knowing you know what my expectations are what my my values my beliefs are yeah um and you know don't break them or we're going to fall out and yeah. you know but very rarely do you have to get to that stage what's well, one of the best ways you've managed to have difficult conversations because i know i don't know if it's something that anyone's going to speak about over the weekend but i always feel those are the moments that have you ever had to have one of those i imagine you've had many in your in your career not think, because of who you are no. but i've had to have many and i don't think i've yet mastered how to do it very well i think difficult conversations start with honesty okay. um you can dress it up as much as you like but you know at some point you've got to say this is the conversation we're going to have this is the reason why and you know this is why you know, you've upset me or you've not performed. Um, because I think, particularly in the fire service, we try not to upset people, you know. I would say kill the monster while it's small. Yeah. Because otherwise it gets so big and it gets arms and legs and then it just seems to take over. That's it. One Do of the things you're most looking forward to over the weekend? My best bit is seeing, I'm going to say the youngsters because it makes me sound old, but <laughs> the, the younger women coming in and just growing in confidence. And, you know, a couple of the girls I've brought up said, oh, I'm really nervous and a bit anxious. And just seeing them over the weekend sort of grow and spread the wings. And, and it's when the ones come up to me at the end of it and go, I'm going for promotion now. Beautiful. That's well, I'll catch up with you all straight after. Cool. Thanks, girls. Thanks for coming back and listening to the Firefighters Podcast. This one was brought to you by William Wood Watches. William Wood Watches, as I'm sure you're already aware, are the makers of those incredibly authentic watches with a piece of firefighting history in every single one. On the 9th of June, they created 250 beautiful limited edition pieces of the bravest watch for the FDNY Foundation. They're donating 15% from every single watch to the FDNY Foundation. And it's pretty incredible to see that William Wood Watches are now in the Rockefeller Center, the FDNY Fire Zone store that's held within Rockefeller Center on the 9th 
9th of June, they will be having one of their watches, which is going to press Williamwood watches into the history of FDNY. Johnny and the team are over there kicking ass and taking names. Be sure to join them on their journey. Head over to williamwoodwatches.com. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on YouTube. You can check all of their watches right there from the Jubilee to the Triumph to the Valium to the Bronze to the Chivalrous. And they run competitions supporting firefighters charities all over the world, including the firefighters charity in the UK. So once again, thanks for coming back to the firefighters podcast. Go and check out Williamwood Watches. Go and check us out on YouTube. Subscribe if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on one of those platforms. Followers, raters. Thanks for coming back and we look forward to seeing you again real soon right here on the Firefighters Podcast.